face new challenges. It's hard to be pushed out of a comfort zone because that's where we go. We want to be secure. We want to be safe. But you know what? If we're not stretched, we shrink. And so life is about having to be stretched, about having to leave those comfort zones so that we can grow. And we want to look at that this morning. It's kind of funny as I was coming in greeting a few of the people. I talked to Kevin for a minute. And he said he's been working on the kitchen, man. He's, he's like at that demolition stage where you're just ripping everything out. And he said, that's why Ginger wasn't able to make it. She said, oh, no, sick. I don't know about that, but just kind of joking. But I thought to myself, man, if I started ripping out my kitchen, Cindy would probably go to coma. Because she'd know it. That, that's a big deal. Because I told Kevin, I'm amazed because I couldn't get it back together. So I, res- I, re- I respect that rate to hit that challenge. And I know that both Megan and Nathan, it's tough when you're having to step out somewhere new. Having, having to take that transition. But the good news we're going to look at this morning and be reminded that when we step out, we never step out alone. And that God takes care of us. But let's look at a couple of scriptures this morning. First in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And as you turn there, I'm going to ask you to stand in God's honor. As we read, actually we're going to read from three different passages this morning. A little bit different than I normally do. Um, 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And then turn me over to the book of Philippians, chapter 3, and I'm going to read verses 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me brothers I do not consider myself self yet to have taken hold of it but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus one final passage, the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, first three verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's pray. Okay, Lord, we're here. We want to worship you. And our efforts are meager often, Lord. We need your Holy Spirit to speak to us, to open our ears, to open our hearts. And, Father, I I pray that you might anoint me and fill me, Father, with that 
Holy Spirit, that wondrous one, that, Lord, uh, to speak far beyond what I can do, and, Father, that we might hear beyond what we can do, in order to glorify you. Father, we just need to hear from you today, Lord. Father, I thank you for Megan and Nathan both, Lord. We want, we love them and we want to support them as they're stretched. And Father, we believe that you have great things for both of them, Lord. Because they're both very talented. And Father, we just, we just pray you keep them close to you as they move on, Lord, in following you, Lord. And we just trust you and just speak to our hearts. In your name we pray. I was looking at the microphone. Is it? Uh... Yeah, I'll just I'll just try to stay close here. Life is challenges, even from the very start. You know, you start growing in your mom's womb, and it's comfortable in there. You're floating around. It's warm. You got your food there. You don't have to go anywhere to get fed. You don't have to go anywhere to get your rest. You're safe. And then comes that day where it's time for transition. It's time to move. And, you know, there's seeing the light. Well, this is the other end of it, guys. Not seeing the light at the end, but seeing at the light what we call the beginning. But think how what a terrifying day. What's out there? You know, and all of a sudden there's this bright light and some person with a mask on slapping you to get you started. But it's a transition and it's tough, but you survived it. You made it. You got through it. And then you were able to, to grow and your mom and your dad and people took care of you and you were playing. And then all of a sudden they told you one day you're not in control of your play anymore. You're not in control of your schedule. It's time now to be organized, to go to that terrible six-letter word that kids fight against often called school. And so you go to this organized type of learning. I remember when I started kindergarten, I had it so together that after about two days, I told mom and dad I wasn't going back, that I couldn't handle it. And they said, what's the problem? And I cried and said, I don't know how to tie my shoes. And I'm not going back. And so I got to spend a day at home with my parents as we learned how to cross over the bunny ears and get that taken care of so I could move on to that next phase of life. And, and then you move on and I can remember, you know, you, you hit that middle school years and you're tripping over your feet and, and things are changing and, and it's just tough and you just... You're just so worried about everybody else around you. And it's like, ugh. But you know what? Guys, you got through it. You survived that stage. And then you get to that stage of, of high school and you're, you're, you're trying to find your way through that. And, of course, you got the entanglements of the heart and all that stuff. That just i got to stay near this microphone. <laughs> entanglements of the heart that can just... You know what I'm talking about. And then you're, you're, you survive that. So now you're on to, to a next walk as you go to a different setting. And whether that's, you know, 
college or whether it's a different college, both of you are still you're still transitioning, you're still moving forward. And I wanted to look at these scriptures and just just share from my heart about being victorious, about being stretched. And so the first one here in Second Timothy one seven, it talks about the spirit God put in. He gave you a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of self-discipline. He didn't give you a spirit of, some translations say fear. In the NIV here it says timidity. In other words, you don't have to go around being afraid all the time. You don't have to be paralyzed because of what lies ahead. I know that it's frightening when you have to face something new and you have to step out of that comfort zone and you have to leave that secure place that you've grown accustomed to because we create those security pockets. And and that's why we're such creatures of habit. That's why we tend to sit in the same place when we come to church or wherever we are and we tend to have our same routines because that's safety. And you're being thrust out of that, that safety net. But as you stretch, God's also able to bless and He wants to bless you. And, and so this first part's about facing your fears. As you step out there to new territory, as you, as you face fears, and, and, and what happens with fear is you may see the peaks, but you find yourselves living in the lowlands if you're not willing to let God stretch you and work in you. Timothy, he was Paul's apprentice. He had hung out with Paul. He had learned from Paul, but now it's time for him to move from learner to leader. But here's the thing. Moving from learner to leader doesn't mean you stop learning. Because if you stop learning, you start decaying. You start dying because life's about continually learning. And all that a leader is, you know, we try to complicate leaders and we make leaders, we just make that concept so difficult to understand. And there are classes and books and, and I'm, all that's important. I'm not trying to minimize it. But the whole point of it is, in simplest terms, a leader is someone willing to take the lead. It's someone who sees a specific need and is willing to act. And that's part of the stretch. You're saying, well, what if, I'm, what if I, I can't do this? What if I'm unable? God says, look, I didn't give you a, a spirit of sitting there, what if? I gave you a spirit, first of all, of power. You can do it. I live in you. I'm going to give you the ability to get it done. Secondly, of love. Hey, I love you, and I'm going to live my love through you. You can do it. And, and self-discipline, or, or, you know, I'm going to give you the stick-to-itiveness to, to be able to succeed, to be able to push ahead, to be able to move forward. Now, as I thought of this concept, I thought about in regard to God, what is key, what is critical in being able to rise above our fears and, and what came to my heart is being a person of God, of integrity, of one who fears God, one who really walks with Him. Uh, turn me to Psalm twenty-five, twenty-one. God shared this verse, and placed it on my heart as I was preparing these words. And uh, it, the psalmist, write, David, writes, "May integrity." And uprightness protect me because my hope is in you. There was a study uh, done at one of the schools a few years ago where um, they went into classrooms 
and they had talked to students ahead of time, and they would have certain students who were uh, in on what was going on, and they had a choice of three different lines, and they were supposed to raise their hand when uh, they said which which one was the longest line, and so they would have like the you know all the students in there, but one know the answer, and they would say the wrong answer. So the longest line would would be three, and all the kids would say two, and they'd raise their hand all but one kid, and he'd look around or she'd look around, and and then seventy five percent of the time follow the crowd because they're just afraid of being outcast. But God wants to give you courage to stand in integrity regardless of which way the crowd is going. He wants you to move toward Him. And as I thought about that, guys, uh, turn me to Ephesians 5. Because Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 5 really shares this concept here of overcoming fears means being in His light. Notice here, verse 8, He says, For you were once darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. And uh, I want to say to both of you, to Megan and to, to Nathan and to all who are God's children, you're light. You have moved from darkness. You have moved into His light. And look at the next part here. He says, live as children of light. You want to rise above fear. Learn to walk in the light of the Lord. Learn to live in the light that He has provided. To not hang around in the darkness, to not live there, to not let your life be controlled by darkness, but to live as a kid of the light, as God's kid, in that light. He, he says, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, righteousness, and truth. That's the integrity part. That's walking in what's right. He says, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have the courage to step ahead. When you go God's way, it is the right way. He says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Hey, look, we all have an issue with confidence at times. We all have an issue, am I going the right way? Am I able to do this? But ask yourself, is, if I do this, am I walking toward the light or away from the light? I'll tell you something that's a key. If you find yourself asking, what if people find out about this? And you find yourself trying to hide it and to be secretive about it, you better check it out close because there's a good chance that's not the light of Christ. That's darkness. Because the light of Christ, it exposes sin. And that's what it talks about shame. But you can rise above fear when you live an upright life. Regardless of the profession you choose, when you walk in the light, guys, it gives you a confidence. It gives you a courage because you don't have things that you're hiding. You don't have those skeletons in the closet that you're uh, afraid of, that you're embarrassed about. That, that uh, God protects you as you walk in the light and as you trust Him and, and, and as you serve Him in that way, He takes care of you. Secondly, uh, not only the fears, you got to forget your failures. Let's turn over to Philippians chapter 3 here. Paul's talking. He says, um, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, 
Paul is he's he's sharing his testimony here in this chapter. Remember, he's in prison. He's this is a book of known as a book of joy, and it's because he's got his attention upon Jesus. That's who he's looking at, and so he's able to overlook his failures. And here's a guy that had some major failures. He, he gives his resume in the verses that precede that, and he says, rather than all this stuff that I have in a resume, what matters most is knowing Christ my Lord. He said, I consider everything else trash but that. And he says in verse 9, I want to be found in Christ, not having my righteousness, but having the righteousness that comes by faith in Christ, knowing Christ, the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. But here's what I want to point out. As Paul shares this, he doesn't share this like some perfect religious guy, some super church dude that had it all together. Paul had a past that haunted him. It haunted him. He tortured God's people. He... He gave orders that brought a lot of pain to families of those who believed in Jesus. Man, he was a he was a pain in in the church. Matter of fact, uh, turn me to Acts chapter seven. I know I got you going around the Bible, but it's it's a good thing to go around the Bible. Find your way around there. Uh, go through the Gospels in the Book of Acts. I want to look near the end of chapter seven here in the Book of Acts. Chapter 7, you got this deacon that was really on fire for Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit. He is preaching up a storm (laughs) as God moves him and works through him. Unfortunately, there were those who didn't want to hear the truth of God. And I want you to see how they responded. Verse 54, when they heard this, and Stephen just preached the truth, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they rushed at him, what a scene, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Now now here's what I want you to see, guys, picking up right here. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul, who we know as Paul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against me. When he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul was there giving approval to his death. Now here's the guy, at one point he was actually there when a a faithful Christian who spoke the truth of God was murdered and he gave his approval. He said, this is good. This is what I want. And Paul had to live with that. He he lived with that guilt. He he lived with that enormous failure. He lived with that evil heart that he he once had. He was zealous, but zealous for the wrong thing. And he he broke God's heart. And he had to to always deal with that. And that's what he said. I'm not perfect yet. But he said, it's grace. It's the grace of God, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ that has transformed my life and that keeps pushing me ahead regardless of my past. And, And what I want to say to you guys is, look, we still battle with sin. And when you fall, don't let it control you. Don't let it paralyze you. Don't let it keep you from getting up. 
Don't beat yourself up so badly that you're unwilling to accept God's forgiveness and be forgiven and move ahead. That is so critical in life. So often we beat ourselves to the point to where we can't be stretched because we just keep shrinking. Keep shrinking inside of ourselves unwilling to receive His grace. But it's all about His grace. Dorothy's song was great this morning. It's about amazing grace. It always is. It's never about how great I am. It's about how great He is. And and He's willing to forgive. He's willing to help us. He's willing to to push us ahead regardless of, of how we mess it up. He fixed it at Calvary. And that is just so critical. That is just so important. And, and it's important. That's life. Regardless of where you end up with the job, regardless of where you end up family-wise, the grace of God better be in the center of it. Because if the grace of God's not in the center of it, you're going to be hurt. And He wants to heal. He wants to heal. Last one here. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3. To follow your faith. He, uh, the writer of Hebrews writes, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Man, you just stop there a minute. I've had those talking about, well, those are the ones who are already in heaven and they're looking down over us, giving us encouragement. Could be. Also, there's a description in the previous chapter of all those who lived by faith. Never, it, life never turned out quite like they wanted it to, but God was with them to the end. And we follow their encouragement. And quite frankly, both. There are those mentioned in Hebrews 11 that we can look to for encouragement, we can look to for hope, and there are those who now are in heaven that are the cheerleaders. They got the heavenly pom-poms out. They're saying, Go, Megan! Go! Go, girl, go! And I know they quit that, haven't I? Kids will say, Dad, why did you do that? <laughs> I'll stop. Uh, go, Nathan! Man, you can do it! There's this... There's this I, in us, all of us, guys, we want you to succeed. We want to be right there for you to cheer you on to, to, because we love you. You don't do this alone. And as as we look at this, he says, you're surrounded by those who are on your side. Know that. And, and notice what he says here. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Don't get caught up in what's going to slow you down and entangle you. He says, run that race with perseverance. The one that's marked out. Run that race. And then he says in verse 2, which is so critical... He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Mentions Jesus, the author. He's the one who started it all. And the perfecter, He's also the one who brings it to completion. You know, you think about a a tombstone. And the epitaph, it's got two dates, you know. It's got the birth date, it's got the death date, and then it's got the dash. And life, guys, is the dash. And and he's talking here about that dash, which is your life. And he says to run that race with perseverance, keeping your eyes fixed on the finish line, 
which is Jesus Christ who is there cheering you on. That's the one that you look to and it's so critical that you keep your eyes there because there's a lot of distractions that take you off course. But if you get off the track, you run into trouble. And he's saying, keep your eyes focused. Um, On the mission of Apollo 13 on day 6, there was a problem, equipment problem, uh, where power was, uh, there was a power problem. And so they actually had to cut off the computer navigational system for a short time. And so they're like, oh, wow, well, you know, they were trying to figure out what to do. And so what they did, they, they said, we're just going to manually steer. So, you know, hey, you're out in space. And they looked at the earth and just steered toward the earth to get them there, out that little window. And that's what we do. We just look toward Christ. We look toward His truth to be navigated and to be steered and to move ahead in life. And still true for you guys. Still true for all of us. Look toward Christ. Look toward the Lord to find your way. Face your fears. Forget your failures. Follow your faith. And we look forward to what God's going to do. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for a time this morning, Father, to uh, recognize Megan and Nathan. Thank you, Father, for both of them. Father, we pray that you might do a mighty work in them, Lord, and in us. And we pray, Father, as they step out, Lord, to this next leg of the journey, that they'll keep their eyes on you. And Father, that you'll guide them, that they'll stay within your light, Lord, and that they'll find find you, Lord, regardless of the type of job that they have, Lord. They need you. And I just pray, Father, I thank you for them. Help us, Father, help me, help all of us to be the type of encouragement we should be them and help us all together Lord follow you that we might be known as your people Lord Father I pray this morning um, you know where we are God some here are paralyzed by some type of fear and need to move ahead and I pray Father that this morning you might free them from that Lord that you might enable them to see that that's not the spirit of Jesus within but that the right type of spirit is one of power and love and self-control, self-discipline. Father, others uh, are paralyzed by failures. And I pray, Father, you'd help us to see that Calvary is bigger than our closet. And Father, I just pray that you might open that door and let the forgiveness enter in and that others might find hope that you provide. And Father, to follow the faith. Lord, that's the only thing that's real in a world that talks about if you get this, you'll receive this and all this awesome benefit. But Lord, there's only really one lasting benefit upon which we should look to. That's you. Because the, the Word says that other hopes will pass away, but the hope in Christ, it lasts forever. And, and remind us of that, Lord. 
Here we are on a day, God, where I'm heartbroken over so many, Father, who gave away everything they had on the whim of some religious leader who said that Jesus is coming back on this day. And I have a feeling that there are a lot of people hurt over that and that there are others that are mocking believers because of that. And Father, I'm just heartbroken over all of it. Because, Father, I know that you're that we should look for Jesus to come back. You've told us to watch and pray. And the truth of the matter is, I will see you whether he comes back while I'm here or whether I go there. But either way, it's a coming and I should be ready. I pray for that you would touch those who have been impacted by this, God. That, Lord, um, we would uh, look to you. And I just pray for that. God, have your way. Uh, This time we call invitation. Father, I bring people to the altar to pray, uh, to come forward. Lord, just work. In your name we pray. Amen.